How to create a glitch, the social economy. In this episode, we will be talking about the economy of attention. In previous episodes, we talked about the importance of free attention to determining the outcome of events. I strongly suggest that if interested in the content of this episode, you should listen to Season 3 Episode 2 beforehand. Specifically, in Season 3 Episode 2 we talked about how attention is passed around from actor to actor and to the background through emotional coupling. I won't revisit the content of that discussion, but strongly advise the listener to review the episode before continuing this one. In any event, as discussed in a previous episode, this conditioning of attention creates a corridor, so to speak through which the attention of a person will be passed. This passing of attention creates opportunities for what are called confidence wages, namely expectations or predictions about what may happen in future events. Free attention improves one's ability to succeed in one's confidence wages. When these confidence wages are correct, it provides the actor with an extension of their social mobility both in a social and physical sense. Confidence is accretive to success. It is like a performance enhancer. Now, confidence is also exchanged socially through social contracts. That is to say, when two individuals form a social contract, they exhibit reliance, as explained in Season 12 Episode 6, and this reliance and the confidence it creates about one's expectations being met, assures socially that they will be able to accomplish their social goals. Now these two forms of confidence move between social contracts and confidence wages through the social economy, in which attention is exchanged for confidence through emotional coupling as explained in Season 3 Episode 2. On the balance, the possessor of confidence achieves his or her social goals through social contracts. The possessor of free attention achieves his or her physical goals through confidence wages. Now, all of this is important as well to the nature of a consensual reality. The existence of less free attention permits greater discordance between two expectation fields. This discordance manifests as greater ability to impose a consensual reality upon others. But there are other implications as well. Emotional coupling is a dualistic form of relationship. But through social groupings, according to social geometry, mirroring of the tonic or the dominant by others, can enhance the coordination of the conditioning of this attention. For example, let's say two people are having a conversation. Person 1 is the dominant and is exhibiting mirroring interspersed by postural releases. Person 2 is the tonic. Now ordinarily, the attention of the tonic would be conditioned to the attention of the dominant and not free attention. But, if you add a third person into the mix, person 3. This person can mirror either the tonic or the dominant. If he or she mirrors the tonic then they will acquire the same conditioning of attention as the dominant. If they mirror the dominant, they will acquire free attention, or background attention in which case the system may become bimodal. The point is, the more people you add to a social interaction, the greater the number of arrangements of attention. These arrangements can become conditioned, which may impact each actor's free attention and the social contracts which they form. This free attention may impact their confidence wages as well. A system possessing three or more participants may follow social geometry, which will bring it out of the dualistic perspective of reality. Thus, group exchanges are not always dualistic, 
so long as they represent geometric arrangements is set out in Season 10 Chapter 2 of the Monologues. Thus, the social economy combined with social geometry produces a non-dualistic system which may represent a primordial unit class greater than 2. Now, breaking social contracts, or divisive expectations, as opposed to conjoint, produces a theft of confidence and free attention, because it is not conditioned attention. Social participants who break social contracts acquire the ability to perform better in goal-directed actions. But continuously breaking contracts destroys one's reliability and eliminates the willingness of others to participate socially. Thus, expectations must manage carefully to promote a person's objectives. More importantly, breaking expectation matching, rebuffing contracts, promotes free attention which can improve the likelihood of observing a glitch. In this episode we will be talking about the application of this theory to economic activity. To start off, in an earlier episode we introduced the concept of the social economy. In this social economy confidence is exchanged for attention and attention for confidence between two emotionally coupled individuals is a result of a social exchange. To summarize, confidence is acquired by the dominant due to the conditioning of the tonic's attention to her intentions. The tonic acquires confidence in his ability to perform goal-directed actions, or, in the language of the last podcast, in the facilitation of his intentions. Now, confidence is also exchanged along with reliance when people form social contracts. These contracts ensure consistent expectation matching within the social economy. In other words, people know that their expectations will be met due to the contract, which enables reliance and confidence as a result. Now, there is a third form of confidence acquired through what are called confidence wages. These wages are predictions or expectations about what will happen in the future, either regarding people or unpredictable or chance events. Individuals who make predictions which are proven correct acquire confidence in their actions. In a way, confidence wages are rather like forming a social contract with the environment to the extent they produce reliance and expectation matching. Now, the social economy is integrated into the monetary economy through contracts, wages and emotional coupling. Confidence attained through predictable economic activity produces reliance and investment. Attention is likewise traded for money, producing predictable economic activity and investment. In the economy, the exchanges are between attention, money and confidence. Now, one of the dangers of the social economy is calcification of expectations. When people's economic behavior becomes too predictable, enabled by reliance and expectation matching within the social economy, it becomes stenotic. Stenotic or calcified expectations make the social system too predictable and unable to adapt to new circumstances within the environment. Although predictable economic activity produces investment and reliance, too predictable behavior produces stagnation and a lack of adaptation or innovation, which are the engines of economic growth. So, we can see that calcification of expectations is a problem, the question is what to do about it. It just so happens that this podcast provides a readily available solution to calcification of expectations, namely, the methodology or praxis of glitching. Let me explain, there are only two ways to affect others' expectations when they become calcified. The first is through an objective discontinuity in behavior caused by a intervening deus ex machina. 
What this means is some event which punctures the ordinary normality of our expectations can have an effect of limiting or reversing the calcification of our expectations as a group. The second method is through a long refractory period. Such a period must create new expectations which supersede those of the prior period. Now, you may have noticed that these two options reflect an economic reality. Namely, an abrupt change in behavior caused by monetary policy can introduce new expectations into the social system. Or, a long recession may be the only way out of this stenosis. Now, this all assumes that individually or as a group people's behavior is predictable and driven by factors outside micromanagement. But with this podcast I would like to suggest an alternative. What if we could directly alter our expectations? What if calcification of the group's expectations could be dislodged through minute changes in behavior? What I am suggesting is that creating an objective discontinuity need not mean some calamitous event outside the realm of human control. Perhaps it is as simple as changing one's patterns, altering one's rhythms, creating discontinuity, loosening associations, exactly the prescription of this podcast to create a glitch in the matrix. Imagine that it were possible to induce massive system-wide changes in economic activity by compelling people to escape their bodily rhythms as in chapter 1 of the complete series. Imagine, you could encourage people to change their consumption choices by purchasing tea instead of coffee for that early beverage. Imagine you could teach them how to loosen their associations, such as by having a meal with stranger instead of with a close friend. Imagine it were possible to change what people expect en masse, by ideologically motivating them to do so. The key point being, it is in their interests to do so, to prevent an economic calamity, to prevent a recession or depression. What I am suggesting is this. At points in economic history when people's expectations became calcified, what if these techniques were introduced into the populace? What if people were engaged with finding new patterns, new habits, new friends, new goals, new interests? new consumption choices. Maybe it's as simple as this. Maybe just maybe ideology could redesign our economy, to puncture the ordinary, and produce the extraordinary. That's the end of the podcast for today. If you enjoyed it, please like, comment and subscribe.